Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Kyle Carpenter podcast. Today's episode is very special because we have a very special guest, my grandmother, Mimi. Say hey to everyone listening, Mimi. Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous. Well, I never thought we would be recording a podcast episode together, but here we are. And we're recording this in your dining room from your house in the big city of Iuka, Mississippi. And for those of you who are opening your maps right now, uh, Iuka is spelled I-U-K-A. Before we tell people all of the interesting facts and history about Iuka, let's talk about your house and your neighborhood a little bit. When did you move into this house, Mimi? I believe it was 1963. And uh, we were talking yesterday, and you told me how much the lots cost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were $5 each. We bought uh, two lots and then the house. 500 500 each, yes. <laughs> and uh, It was a good friend that let us have those. Yeah, price. and you bought a couple of lots. Mm-hmm. Were you the first house in the neighborhood? The second. We were the first on this big hill. And uh, you got here by a dirt road for many years? Yes. <laughs> and the craziest part is how much did you pay for the house? A little over $1,600. <laughs> it's a four-bedroom house, two baths, big den, big living room, of course. It's old-timey setup of a house and built-in garage. It's just a wonderful place that we live. And you know the saying, they don't make things like they used to. Well, this house is a perfect example of that because it's not only held up beautifully after more than 60 years, but even the appliances are the same. (laughs) <laughs> which is maybe uh, the craziest part to me, but the oven, the stove, the refrigerator, all is originally came with the house. So uh, shout out to General Electric. But you did say that uh, James made sure that the best wood and materials were used to build it. Oh, yes. He knew the contractors that were building the house, and he was out here most of the time making sure everything was built. It was Really built. Mm-hmm. Well. And so everyone knows uh, James was my pawpaw, and he worked for the U.S. Forest Service for his entire professional career. He, he did for a few years after he graduated from Auburn. Uh, and what did he do after that? He uh, came to Iuka and worked with Tennessee River Pulp and Paper Company. Oh, oh right, a, right. In production. Yeah. I was thinking that maybe Pulp and Paper Company was under the Forest Service, but... No. uh, Oh, they're separate? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. And speaking of you and Pawpaw, you shared a really interesting story with me earlier this week about your marriage at 18 years old. Oh, yes. (laughs) And like we talked about, in today's society and culture, getting married at 18 is for you know, for the most part, considered abnormal. Uh, But at the time, it 
was a common thing. Oh, yes. Back then, when I was younger, that was the thing, do You go steady and get married. Mm-hmm. And you said um, if there was a decent boy that lived around you, that's probably who you were going to end up marrying. Right. Well, that upset me a little bit, though. But, you know, times change, and um, I just... I don't know. How do you feel about it? I just, it kind of upsets me that you didn't have too much say in that. Yeah. It, well, we just used, you know, we didn't know any different. Yeah. That, anything that was going on. So uh, now I hope the kids get out and get, get their job and education first and then date and then find the right one. Because mm-hmm. we stayed together about 30 years and course it broke apart yeah kind of how it was at the time yes you grew up across the street from each other Mm -hmm. and uh aunts and aunts and uncles lived close to us really (laughs) yes whole family just had a big time rode bicycles we had uh streets we could ride on you know that didn't have to worry about the cars so sidewalks everywhere so about 10 of us that just had the best time. You had a whole bicycle gang out yeah, there. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Even teen years, we did. And you grew up in Bemiston, mm-hmm. uh, but you know most people would know the greater area of Talladega. Um, we have a black Talladega college. It's world famous. Really? It's a beautiful place. I had some friends that went up there to the college. Oh. Yes, yes. Is that, I wonder if that's still a school. And, oh, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, before you and Paul Paul uh, got married when you were 18, you have to t- tell us about uh, Jan Patterson. Oh, no. <laughs> Cow. I figured I'd be in trouble for yeah, that. That was just somebody I thought I liked, and I did. <laughs> But it was me and James all the way. <laughs> yeah, but you got a, you got in a little bit of trouble after that. Oh yeah, my parents. That's that was the one I was supposed to marry. So you thought Jan was cute. Yeah. And then so you went on a date, or you went not Kyle. really on a date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I asked Dad if I could go to. Uh, hi-hat, the hi-hat, that's where the teenagers hung out. Mm-hmm. He asked me, and his brother was going with his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and he said, you better ask your mother if you can go. Now I was in the, about the 11th grade, mm-hmm. but I did, and I said, well, we'll be back. He said he'd be back, had bring me back about 8 o'clock, so we went, but they didn't like it, so I was kind of grounded for a while. Mm-hmm. They were expecting, you know. A marriage between James and I, so that's what that's what happened. Yeah. Now go on with the next <laughs> part of my life. <laughs> uh, so after growing up in Bemiston, uh, you moved to Auburn for a few years mm-hmm. before moving to Iuka, which to is level. Or Hayleville, yeah. Hayleville, but that was yeah. just for a couple of years, and then, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I was expecting the first my first child. For my exercise, I would get out um, in the yard and mow the lawn when I was about eight months. And there were two old widows that lived across the street. And James would be sitting on the steps 
while I cut the yard. And they came over one day and just fussed at him because he was letting me cut the yard. They were sticking up for you? Yes, yes, that was so funny. Not much has changed, though, Mimi. You're still... You're still getting in trouble by Dad and all of us for working hard in the yard still. And the garden. Yes, I have tomatoes, you know, peppers, cucumbers. Mm. I love it. I love working in the yard. You've had a garden for as long as I can remember. Yeah, it's just a little tiny spot, but it's so much fun. Been a little harder this year with how hot and dry everything's been. We've had 105 temps like that day by day. And... The whole month of June, we did not have a drop of rain, and then half of July was dry. Mm. I just felt so sorry for the farmers that, you know, you'd go somewhere and the corn was just dry as it could be. Yeah. You moved here uh, around 1963, Mm -hmm. and now get ready, everyone, because we're about to dive into the history and interesting facts of this small town. It was founded in 1857. It's roughly nine square miles in size. It has a population of around 2,900, although I've heard it's maybe up to a little over 3,000. So we're, uh, we're moving in the right direction. And loving history myself, I thought this was very interesting that it is named after the Chickasaw Native American or Indian chief, Chief Ayuka, who was the leader of the Chickasaw village that once occupied this land. If these first few facts didn't let you know how small of a town this is, uh, up until a few years ago, it only had one red light in the whole town. Uh, But now we're up to three. And having several accidents. Yeah. Because they don't know how it works. Yeah, well, those flashing yellow lights, those are a little confusing, aren't they? They are. You go, you can go on the yellow light if it's, there's no car coming toward you. Yeah. And we didn't know how that worked. Well, at that point, just put a stop sign. And I would rather have the stop sign. Yeah. These uh, people up here, they have their own way to do things, and we're not used to that. Uh-huh. Uh, Well, one of the things that comes with a small town is the fact that all of the kids in that town go to the same elementary, middle, and high school. Iuka Elementary has a special place in your heart. Uh, Tell us about your time and your job there. I began working there for 30 years. I started, I went to Birmingham Business College when I was in younger, and uh, I started IES when my youngest son started school in the first grade. Worked there 30 years, and we, I just loved it. It was just like a family to me. I grew to love those teachers, and especially the children. And some of them would come into school. They had not changed clothes from the day before. Their hair had not been combed, and you could see that they were just a little dirty. And I would bring them in, and we, the counselor and I had clothes, toothpaste, soap. We'd take them to the showers. They could take a little shower. The older ones it went to the sixth grade at this time. And um, we made sure that 
I washed their hands, I cut their fingernails, and if there was any abuse going on, I kept a hotline to child service. And because I'd sit down and counselor would get them sometimes, and we'd talk to them and tell them how much we love them and if they ever needed anything to come to me and talk to me. Yeah. And they, w- they would do that. Yeah, and you checked, I mean, as sad as it is, you had to check them for lice. and Oh, yeah. Like you said, you clipped their fingernails. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes when they would come in and they hadn't had breakfast. Oh, you, yeah. Even though the lunch ladies didn't love having to make breakfast after uh-uh. breakfast had already ended, uh, you went and got them food and made yes, sure they sir. had a meal. Yes. Yeah, I think this is... Like we've talked about uh, in the past few days, this is important to tell people because uh, just to remind people that did have a good upbringing and that did have breakfast every morning and you know clean bodies and a mm-hmm. shower every day and good loving parents. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of kids that don't have that, mm-hmm. and so it's just so great to hear that there's so many like you and so many good people out there in the schools that that really try to take care of them while they're at school. I don't think the parents really cared when the kids would go home clean and have maybe have on different underwear or clothes. They never did come and talk about it, you know. Like, I don't guess they would have noticed that they had changed clothes. You don't even think they might have noticed? Mm-mm. Some mm. of them wouldn't. Well, uh, on a... Well, actually, one more question about that. So you said you had the number to Child Protective Services. Mm-hmm. When you would call, were you a little worried about how the parents might react if they heard about that or... I th- well, they would call the parents, and they sometimes they would find they would uh, find a place for them to stay. They sometimes several have had to stay in the jail because we didn't have enough parents that would take them in for the night. But they'd let the parents know. And, yeah. And sometimes the police would have to investigate. Yeah. Certain things. Did the parents ever come up to the school and express any anger? No, no. No. The, I, they were just common people, I guess, thinking of themselves. I just, yeah, I don't know how that worked with them. Well, on a on a happier note, uh, I love growing up in Iuka Elementary, and uh, people listening might think this next part's a little crazy, but. I ran that school, didn't I, Mimi? Oh, I'm telling you, <laughs> Mr. Evans, that was our principal at that time. He loved Kyle. He sure did. <laughs> Even at uh, five or six years old when I would be you're, staying with you're you. You about five, yes. Yeah. I would go to school with you every day, uh-huh. and I would take either my big wheel. That's what you like to take most because the halls were so long. <laughs> my rollerblades or my bike mm-hmm. and from the hour before school started and sometimes even after school started I would ride those halls and teachers would give me high fives and I'd be speeding all over the place. <laughs> Mr. Evans would be at the top of each hallway 
he'd get you in the middle and say, go, Kyle. And you would take <laughs> off to the end and come back. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'd sneak off into the gym and shoot basketball sometimes. And uh, there was a janitor where we were best friends, and he always took such good care of me. Joe and Sandra Patrick. Joe and Sandra Patrick. And uh, after my morning rides were done through the hallways, they would take me back in, I guess, the teacher's break room. And he would set up a long, almost like a pool-type chair, and uh, he would set a TV up for me and get me some snacks. And I would sit back there and just have a big old time while you worked all day. Yeah. And then we'd go home after. You'd go to uh, some of the classrooms. You spent a lot of time in Miss Tanner's room. Yep. First grade class. <laughs> uh huh. Go out with them at recess. You just thought you had it made. I was a student that didn't yes, you have were. to be a student. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a what a great memories and such a great school. Uh, and you worked there for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loved every minute of it. I became office manager. I took uh, bookkeeping for a while at Northeast. Northeast, that's another school? Junior College in in Boonville. Oh, okay, okay. Two friends of mine. And one of them helped me get through the studies. I didn't know. It was just really um, word problems. Didn't connect anything I did. So uh, I didn't understand that two-page word problems Mm. until Sharon helped me. Well, at least now I know where I got it from because word problems are impossible for me, too. <laughs> and that didn't go at all with what I was doing. Yeah. Know? So what what class was that? A math, a math class? Oh, I don't know. I just We, we just went. Whatever we they had told a lot you of fun. to. <laughs> we ate out and did a little shopping before we went in. <laughs> oh. oh, it was accounting. Accounting because I dealt with uh, dealt with all the money. Mm-hmm. Take it to the bank every day. Oh, yeah. you had to, you took it into the bank every day. Oh yes, I had to count everything. It had to be every penny to the penny, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I make a deposit every day. Well, you not only took care of all of the kids in the elementary school, but you raised three wonderful kids of your own one of them being my dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, From your experience as a mom and a parent, what is a piece of advice you could share with the parents or future parents listening? The first thing would be to listen to them, ask questions, and sit down with them at least two or three times a night at dinner or at lunchtime if they are at home. And if you have to use that cell phone, Put it in the car and talk to those children. Mm-hmm. Don't be on the phone and the dinner table with them because they have questions to ask, and it might be the wrong person they talk to about what's going on in their life. But they should be able to tell the students that they can talk to them anytime about anything. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about how it's so sad to see families at restaurants and both the parents and sometimes all the kids i mean everyone will be on their phone uh but 
with phones. I mean, they're a great tool, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's incredible that you can be connected to the world and people and experiences around you. But like with everything, in moderation, and there's a balance to it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, time is valuable to spend with them. Because like, they won't be there long. They think it's a long time till they grow up. Mm-hmm. But it seems to just fly by. Now that you are enjoying your hard-earned retirement, what are some of your hobbies and things you enjoy doing now? Well, I love to read and watch TV, Hallmark movies, all the mur- murder mysteries. <laughs> and uh, I have my little garden and yard I work in. And, of course, I have a lot of friends, and we eat out a lot. But I thought I would, I worried about coming home every, you know, and not being going, not going to work. I thought I'd get lazy or not have anything to do. Mm-hmm. But I stay busy all the time. I have good neighbors, and we visit each other and just talk about the world. You definitely are staying busy because... A few days ago when I got here, you said that we were going to sleep late in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking we were going to sleep till at least 8 or 9, and you and Molly were up at 6.15, get, getting the house straight and getting the coffee going. So, yeah, you're staying busy. And last time I came, we watched Hallmark movies the whole time. Oh, yes. But now we've watched so many murder mysteries, I'm starting to get a little nervous at night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I keep my doors locked, that's for sure. Yeah, we my car. <laughs> but I'm uh, happy now with my life with the three children and eight grandchildren and my new little great-granddaughter, Sophia. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing great, all of the children are. They're just doing wonderful, have good jobs and great friends and beautiful homes. It's, God's worked wonders with us, and we depend on him. Go to church, and I ask every time, every day I get up, I ask God to give me a good day. And if everybody would learn to do that every day and not once a week, mm-hmm. you would be happier in your life and not be so concerned with things going on. When you're raising kids, do you just worry all the time about their well-being, or is it more if you're trying your best and doing a good job and trying to raise them right, you just trust that that everything will work out and they'll be, you know, they'll be okay yeah. when they get older. Yeah, because we ate with the children, you know, our children, and talked and. We knew what they were doing, you mm-hmm. know. Some parents don't know. The children don't want them to know what they're doing. So it's uh, better if you stay close to the children, and uh, they'll be fine. And not wonder what the neighbor's thinking about them. Or our friends, are they in the same club? Are they going to be as good as the next student, you know, their best friend? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what if your child is not on the top. Because they'll be fine when they're doing their best. That's a great lesson, Mimi. Uh, Well, you already mentioned your garden. Oh, yes. But maybe your favorite hobby, which you don't get to do enough, is fishing. Oh, I love to fish. (laughs) Uh, And you fish for, well, 
Pickwick Lake is mm-hmm. very close to us, mm-hmm. and you got the Tennessee River, and um, but you fish for years and years. Oh, I have. But my good friend Charles, he lived on, at Pickwick on the and on the lake. I could just walk out after work, go to his house and walk out, and he'd have minnows and crickets for me, and I'd bring in seven pound catfish. You reeled that in yourself? Oh no. Charles had to help uh. <laughs> and he several times they'd break my line, and he got the best line I you could do for you know to bring a big fish in, and I'd catch a crappie, and we'd get on his pontoon in the afternoon, and it was big. He had a little uh, place to cook. Mm-hmm. He'd cook or go to sleep and or read while I was fishing till almost dark. <laughs> I could go all night fishing, I guess. But it was so much fun to bring those fish in. I know there's nothing like feeling that fish bite and hook on your line. Nothing like it. Yeah, and then you would bring them back. And he had he, a scale. He would weigh them, put a certain amount in the, in the um, you know, on uh cooler baggy oh, in each oh baggy. yeah mm-hmm. and then uh put them in the freezer and ever so often he'd bring them out and call and say we're gonna have fish tonight come on out so i would yeah and he grilled them most of the time or he would grill them uh-huh. yeah blackened catfish oh yeah mm. loved it loved it well i feel like all we've been doing the past couple of days is eating but this is getting me hungry all over again yeah. i think we're gonna have pizza for lunch oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, this isn't really on the subject of a oh, hobby no. Oh, no. but we had a great and interesting adventure yesterday oh yes <laughs> we went to the coon dog cemetery Tell us about that, Mimi. Oh, well, it's a place you go to see where the people from all over the United States and maybe some of the countries bring their coon dogs to bury them at the Coon Dog Cemetery. Mm-hmm. And it has the names, a little tombstone, flowers on them. And you just go around and see that you can, it has a pavilion that you can bring lunch to eat. Yeah. And be with the dogs. Yeah. Got a little monument out there of a stone tree and yes. two dogs on the side of uh-huh. it. Uh, but yeah, really, really interesting. And when you pull up, it looks like a normal cemetery. Mm-hmm. But you, of course, are uh, looking at, at all the graves of the coon dogs over the mm-hmm. years. But the first dog to be buried there was named Troop in 1937. And like you said, people come from all over the country to visit and uh, bury their dogs there. So uh, anyone looking to have a true uh, Southern and Mississippi experience uh, and see, uh, the sign says it, and I believe it, but the only cemetery of its kind in the world. Yeah. Go visit Coondog Cemetery. Exactly. Well, I had to save the best for last, uh, but in about a day and a half, you will be celebrating your 85th birthday. Yeah. So happy birthday, Mimi. Thank you. And after 85 years, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for the people out there? Just love each other. Be friends with your family. Stay close to the family. If you get in little spats, don't go for days and, you know, sulk or pout. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite word, don't pout. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great advice. And, you know, now more than ever, we need to hear that. And, and that, stay close to God. If you have don't know how, just start talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he, you'll soon feel in your heart maybe some of the answers you may need. You talk to him oh, all I, the time. I'm talking all day to him. God, now you know you heard, I, you heard me. I told you there were going to be a big storm. Don't let it pass because that tornado almost got us. So just talk to him like, he, like he's with you, not up in a chair somewhere in heaven mm-hmm. looking down on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mimi, thank you so much for doing this. Thank no. you. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, it made you a little nervous, but you did awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, let's go have another adventure today. And I love you, Mimi. I love you too. I love everybody. Oh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. <laughs>